Hallelujah. If you brought your Bible with you today, uh, go with me to Philippians chapter 2. If you've got your Bible app, open it up, get that out. Just use that device for the scriptures today instead of texting. We can stay focused. Unless, of course, you're posting. I know some people take their, take their notes on Facebook. I guess that's acceptable. If you're not distracted. With bling, 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 all the notifications coming up. Philippians chapter 2. We, we started a series uh, about a month ago. And uh, this series is, is called Contrast. All right? Obviously, that word means what it means. And, uh, but you can see how it applies to our lives in this regard. We are looking at things that are different, not things that are the same. All right? We, we are identifying and really pointing out who we used to be in relationship or contrast to who we are now. And then, of course, who we are as the body of Christ. And I'm talking, assuming believers are present. I know that not everyone is in the family yet. Uh, we'll give you a chance at that in a little bit. All right? But who we are today in c- contrast to who we used to be. It's very important, very vital, that you and I understand the change that took place and how we are referenced by Jesus Himself as being the light of the world. Okay? And if we are light, obviously we're supposed to be very, very, very different than someone who would be called dark or live in darkness. And so this contrast is big in the minds of God. It should be big in our minds. And it not only will help us to enjoy the life that He intended for us, it'll help us to stand out for the purpose of being a blessing to people around us. Because if we blend in and look like everybody else who doesn't know Christ, why would they come to us to know Him? Why would they see you and be drawn into a relationship with God? And that's really what we want. We want you to be so happy, so blessed, so good looking, so <laughs> so rich, so healthy, so have a biggest smile, have the most joy, to be so fulfilled and so complete. And just everything about you is so good that other people look at it and say, what's going on? What's going on? I want to be like you. I want to be around you. And then we say, okay, this is the deal. Here's what happened. I used to be like you. And I was done with that. And now the Lord has set my feet on solid ground and turned my life around. And here I stand today and He's in me. And He's for me. And I'm going to be with Him. And it's a good life. Amen. How many know we're here to rejoice today? This is a celebration. This is no gloom, despair, and agony on me. This is about rejoicing and being glad for the victory that we have in Christ. And so that's why, hallelujah, this is a party. Glory to God. Let's read our verse. Let's read our verse, Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine, everybody say, I shine, as lights in the world, lights in the world. So we're pointing out the, the differences here. Last week, we gave a lot of attention to a very important and distinct difference between the way we used to be and the way we are now. And that is, anybody remember? It is the presence of God. It is most certainly a distinguishing element and it is a truth. It's a reality that every person who is in Christ, they have His presence in, with, upon them continually. 
And if you don't know what that's about, you don't know the most one of the most important things in life. All right, His presence is so wonderful and so essential that when you get a taste of it, you don't want to do anything else in life without it. You're not going to go anywhere without it. You're going to say, no, no I'll, do, I'll give up a whole lot of things in life, but I'll never give that up. Huh? His presence is that good and that powerful, and it is what sets us apart. And so I, I would encourage you, I would encourage you, think about, meditate on, Live conscious of the presence of God in your life. I know a couple of years ago I was encouraging everyone to do this as a practice. When you go somewhere, when you go to work, when you go to a store, you go to a restaurant or something like that. Before you even get out of your car, stop. Stop and say, thank you, Lord. Your presence is on me. Your presence is with me. Everywhere I go, you go. And live with that awareness. It changes how you conduct yourself. And not only that, it'll change how others view you. Because the glory of God and His presence can often be viewed, though not understood, by people on the outside. But we want it. We want questions. We want people to wonder, what's going on with you? And if you'll acknowledge His presence, it's there whether you acknowledge it or not. But it increases in manifestation. Your light will be pulled out from under the basket. You'll shine as a bright light in this dark and perverse and crooked generation. And that's what we want. So live aware. Come in here. Thank you, Lord. Oh, your presence is on me. Glory to God. Your presence is everywhere. I'm stirred. I'm filled. I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis, the 12th chapter. And I want to share with you another distinction, another contrasting element in the life of the believer versus the life of the unbeliever. All right? And this one I want to speak about today. As I, as I tell you what it is, I don't want anybody to just uh, sit back in their seat and just kind of go, oh, I was hoping it was something better than that. <laughs> what I'm telling you today is really, really good. And when the revelation is there, you'll be excited about it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. All right, But I want to share with you this. One of the things that t- took place when, when those of us who got saved did is we entered into and this came upon us. It is called the blessing of God. The blessing of God became a permanent possession of yours as a child of God. It is something that came upon you and exists in your life and it constantly works from the day you get saved. It works on your behalf. It works to make life work for you. It works to make things you do successful. It works to to, to make sure you are well supplied in life. It works to bring you out of a desolate, lonely place into a place of God's, God-ordained relationships in your life. There are so many things that this blessing will do, but I want you to understand from the get-go here that it is inherent in, on every child of God. The only way to stop it is through unbelief. Okay, Unbelief will block this blessing from manifesting. I don't mean that God takes it away. Okay, it's still there. But it stops it from manifesting and producing things in your life. So what we just need to do is focus on believing correctly. 
believing right in relationship to this thing called the blessing of God. Amen. And so I want to start over here in Genesis 12 and read what the Lord said to Abram and how that applies and is true in our lives as well. Genesis chapter 2 verse uh, chapter 12 verse 2 reads, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Did you, did you notice that? You shall be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, those are some outstanding statements. But you notice here this language of, of I'll bless those who bless you and curse the one who curses you. Does that ever... When you read things like that, does that make you want to be on the right side of this whole equation? If you ever see someone or can recognize someone that God is blessing, uh, do you know you do not want to be in opposition to them? If God is blessing someone, you do not ever want to find yourself speaking or coming against that person. Right? That's just not a good practice. You're on the, you don't want to be on the opposite side of God. He's blessing, you're cursing. He's adding to, you're taking away. Let's always stay on the right side of this equation and, and look to be a blessing to those whom God is blessing. Yeah. So what if I can't tell <laughs> whom God is blessing? Uh, stay safe. <laughs> or Let me say it this way. Play it safe. Just bless people. Didn't Jesus even tell us we're supposed to bless those who curse us? Huh? We're to love our enemies. So I think if we stay on the blessing side, we're going to avoid a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. You ever find your mouth running and you find yourself speaking against people? Remember. Remember how things work. Stay on God's side. All right, it's a big temptation for people to spout out and spew out every thought, every negative thought that they have towards someone else. If they disagree with them in some way, they just want to lay them out and fillet them and take them apart and they're this and they're that. That is a bad idea. And you know what? That's not who we are. That's not who we are in Christ. That's not who the Lord is. That's not who He wants us to be. And so let's stay on the right side of this and stay on the blessing side. Did you notice here, though, that God said He would bless Abram before He would be a blessing? He said, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. You shall be a blessing. How many know that's essential? You have to be blessed before you can bless. If you, you have to have something in order to give something. So our attention really in this, this might sound a little bit backwards. It might sound like, hey, this is self-centered or self-focused. But no, this is how the kingdom of God works. You have to have something to give. You know, uh, Peter said in, in, uh, in, in Acts chapter 3 uh, to the, the crippled guy, he said, look at us. He said, such as I have, give I you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, right? He says, what, such I have, I give to you. Jesus said at the, at the well, to, that, that woman at the well in, 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 in uh, John chapter 4-ish. Uh, 4, I believe that's right. And he, he said, if you knew who you were talking to, 
You would ask him and he'd give you living water. So Jesus had something that he could give. What do you have? What's going on in you? What do you have that you, that you can give away? And so that's why I say our focus should be on ourselves in this regard. Regard, I need to live with something. I need to have something in my possession so that I am in position to give it away. Whether that's spiritual, whether that's faith, whether that's prayer, whether that's material goods, whatever it is. We need to be in the position of having so that we can be used and be a blessing to others. So it's not God's plan, it's it's not His will at all that anyone be without. No, fullness, life abundantly. You know, it's been said that one of the best things you can do, do, for, do for poor people is not be one of them. Yeah. Because if you are one of them, you can't help them. If you don't have anything, you're not on the blessing side. You're needing someone else to help you. And so wherever you are today, this is God's will and it's His plan that that blessing flow into your life to set you up and prop you up and put you in a position where you can make a difference in someone else's life. How many know the better better we are doing, the more we are a blessing to our community? The more we are a blessing to our world. And so God wants you to have a smile on your face. Amen. Have your bills paid, to be healthy in your body, to have a good attitude, to be fulfilled, to have a good marriage, to have a good relationship with your kids. He wants things to really be firing on all cylinders in your life. And this is what the blessing of God will do for you. Okay, and the more it is, the more it's working, the more it's present, the more you can be a blessing, just like Abraham here. Praise the Lord. So what am I saying? I would encourage everyone, get it for yourself. You believe, you give, you worship, you serve, you, you develop your relationship with God. You have, have it together in your own life. All right, now I realize you could take that and say, well, man, I got a lot of problems. I don't even qualify for this. No, 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 no. That's why we're talking. Absolutely every one of us qualify for this. But some of us need to sometimes be reminded. And we need to get our thinking adjusted. We need to get our beliefs empowered. When we do, we step up our game. Huh? Anybody need to step up their game? I mean, certainly, the more we can, go, more we can up our game, the more we can be used of God and be a blessing to people around us. Say, well, well, God might not want everyone to be blessed in, in all areas, or God might, might not want everyone to be financially blessed. Some people, He just wants them to barely get along. Where, what verse is that? Huh? First Imaginations? Uh, from the nearly inspired version? Or People have all kinds of religious ideas that are not of God. Of course, He wants everyone to be blessed in everywhere, in every way, including financially. He wants you to be, in fact, Abraham here, if you read over in the, the, just a chapter later, you'll, you'll see that the scripture says about him that he was very rich. And this was the person God's blessing, by the way. God's involved with this. God's making this. He was very rich. And it wasn't to say, well, that's spiritual riches. Keep reading. In silver, in, in, in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Yeah, so that was natural, huh? And really, that's the way spiritual blessings work in our lives. Should we be focused on the spiritual? Totally. Absolutely. But spiritual blessings produce natural results. Things working in us will work out of us in tangible ways that people can see. Yeah. So that's the way things work. And God wants every single person to live in His blessing. All right. Paul wrote something to to Timothy. Uh, You don't need to turn there. Put that up on the screen. Over, Over here in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He wrote to him and said, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress, look, 
would be evident to all. Not that, well, your progress, that'll be known just between you and God. No one else will know anything about that. No, he said, if you will give yourself to this, if you will meditate on these things, it is absolutely going to be seen. It'll be noticed by people on the outside. Isn't that our goal? That's what we're shooting for here. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a light in a dark place. We're talking about the light outside of the basket. Uh-huh. We're talking about the salt outside of the shaker. We're, we're, we're talking about getting out there so we are identified as different from the way this world is. And if I'll meditate on the right things, it'll be obvious that something is going on. Something is working in me. Something is happening in my life. Amen. Next verse goes on to say in verse 16, take heed to yourself. See, take heed to who? Yourself. Get yourself fixed up, man. And to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So it does people in your life a lot of good if you got your act together. One of the best things you can do for you, if you're married, if you have kids, uh, if you have a family, one of the best things you can do for your family is get your act together with God is to get your relationship with God, like I said, firing on all cylinders, where you are going for it and His blessing is working in you continually, everyone else is happier. Everyone else benefits from that connection. Amen. Now, uh, back to Genesis chapter 12. Let me read these verses to you from the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible. Verse 2 reads, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase and favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others you know that's the will of God that's the goal we are not just hoarders but we are dispensers of his good verse 3 and I will bless those who bless you who confer prosperity or happiness upon you so what does it mean to bless someone (laughs) well smile and give them money You want to bless someone whom God is blessing? That's what he's talking about. Those who confer prosperity and happiness on you. He said, I'm going to bless the people who do that. Yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. It's just wisdom here. Let's look for for what God is doing in the earth and get involved with it. Huh? Look for what is working and get involved with that. Not look for what's not working and criticize it. Look for what is working. He said, and curse him who curses or uses insolent language towards you. In you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. Now, one thing that's very interesting to me when studying the Old Testament and and learning about the, the aspect of covenant relationships that God was establishing here with Abraham Uh, Sometimes we don't know a whole lot about covenant in our culture uh, because people are so quick, you know, I mean, you can get out of everything with a lawyer, right? (laughs) And people put their word out there and they back out and and all kinds of things. But in those days, covenant and certain cultures today is kind of built into the culture a little bit more. And individuals would come in covenant. They'd establish covenant with other individuals. That would be of mutual benefit. Okay, or a person might go into covenant one family with another or one nation with another nation. They would establish these covenants. And many times these covenants were established via blood of some kind. It's where, it's where we get the handshake. Okay, we shake somebody's hand. We say, okay, we'll shake on it. That's a deal. All right, remember that used to be as good as a contract? 
<laughs> back when we had honor. Uh, but they would do that. Where that comes from, in, in many times, in, in certain cultures, they would cut their hand. And so when they shook their hand, it was a, it was a blood covenant. Blood would mingle. Or sometimes, uh, I read that they would, they would uh, cut their wrists or their arms or something. Something, basically the point was, it needed to leave a scar. Okay? And so if a person came against an individual, what they had to be mindful of was the potential of any covenant relationships that person had with others. And so if I was, uh, if, if I was somewhere and you came against me, and I thought, hmm, I might need some help here, uh, I, I don't want to face this alone, what I'd do is hold up my scar. And what they see is, oh, okay, there's more to him than meets the eye. <laughs> There's more to this fight than just that one person. And they may not know. They don't know who I'm in covenant with. But how many know it's a whole different ball game here now? Okay. I might be in, in covenant with some really powerful people. And uh, you don't want to come against me. Right? Yeah. And so they would do that. And, uh, and, and you know, of course, we know who our covenant is, is with. And, and we know who Abraham's covenant. But this is what's interesting. They would do this scar thing and do this stuff in, in open ways. And then God came along to establish a covenant with Abraham. And the sign or the mark of that covenant was, anybody know? Circumcision. It's like, how's that going to work? <laughs> and why, were they, why would they put the mark of the covenant in a place that's not visible or not seen. I believe it's because God wanted people to see that, pe- that individuals were in covenant with Him based upon the manifest blessing in their lives. The thing that could be seen when someone came upon Abraham is like, what's the deal with this guy? Why is he so blessed? Why does he have so much? There's so much favor on his life. Everything he puts his hand to is prospers and it succeeds. What's go- Who's backing this person? I, I know when the Lord uh, gave us this place, you know, you get, you get both positive and negative uh, conversation going on. And, and I unfortunately read some. <laughs> but one person, uh, they used that language. They said, who in the world is backing these guys that we could get this place? I don't know. Who are you in league with? <laughs> I tell you, we have a covenant with God. And He provides our needs. And that's a good question. What's going on with you? You know, and if people don't know better, they might think you're dealing drugs on the side or something or got something bogus going. No, but we're in relationship with God and He owns the universe. You know, owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hill underneath the cattle and, and everything else. And, and he's father to us. And he's dad. Hallelujah. It's a good place to be in. But the only way people could see this covenant was through the blessing of God on his life. And I tell you, the Lord wants to use you that way too. He wants people to look at you and see the blessing of God on your life and be drawn to him as a result. Amen. And if they come against you, not a good idea, by the way. 
Not a good idea. You, you don't want anyone coming against you because they're going to suffer as a result of it. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I was, I was reading over in the book of Numbers when Israel moved to uh, the promised land that God gave them. There were some neighbors there that weren't too happy about that. And they were concerned about this massive group of people that came from Egypt and, and them settling right next to them. So they hired a guy named Balaam. All right, Balaam had a prophetic gift, and he would bless people, and they'd be blessed. He'd curse people, they would be cursed. And they thought, we cannot deal with these Israelites and, and this deal. So they hired Balaam to curse Israel. All right, they're, they're going to curse him so they could, they could get him out of the land. They knew there was no other way. And I know sometimes people might look at that and think, well, that's silly. You know, curses, blessings. Uh, actually, th- these things are real. This is reality. If someone has no clue of spiritual, uh, the spirit realm and spiritual existence and angels and demons and the spirit of God, they could. This might seem like some kind of fairy tale to even talk about blessings and curses. But I'm telling you, it's reality in life. And the more we'll be aware of it, the more we'll not be duped by it. Okay. And, and th- th- they hired him. And they wanted him to do this. Let me read a few select verses, what, what, what was said about that situation. Numbers twenty two twelve. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. And we think that's good news for us. He said, You're not going to curse them. They're blessed. Curses don't work on blessed people. Curses don't work on you. Someone speaks ill of you. They speak against you. They prophesy doom and gloom for your future. Laugh. Say, that's pretty funny. Except for it's not going to go well for you, so that's kind of not funny. But it's not going to work. I remember several years ago, someone someone called uh, to inform me. They said, just wanted you to be aware of that, that there's, this, there's this woman, so-and-so, and uh, she cursed your church. And... Uh, so, so what did you do about that? Nothing. What did I do? In, what did you, what'd you do inside? I laughed. <laughs> what did I tell them? I said, that, that doesn't work. Ha ha ha. That doesn't work. You can't curse us. We're blessed. Did you lose any sleep over that? Nope. Did you worry at all about it? Nope. So what'd you do? We kept growing. People kept getting saved and healed and set free and good things kept happening and still happen to this day. And what if someone curses you? <gasps> it doesn't work. Say, why doesn't it work? Because I don't believe it works. Now, that's one of the things you can enter into that. You can get into fear. And you can open doors for bad things to happen. People get, get into fear and they activate stuff. But if you stay on God's side and think like he thinks, no, none of that stuff works against you. Yeah. Numbers 23, 8, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? Numbers 23, 20, behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. (laughs) You've been blessed and nothing can be done to reverse it. Deuteronomy 23, 5, nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam. But the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you. Because the Lord your God loves you. Amen. Anything intended for your harm? You getting ready to see that thing turn around? Come on. Go to, go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 
chapter 3. This is the New Testament angle then now on Genesis 12 and what God established with Abram, or as he later became Abraham. And look what how this plays out in the New Testament. Because now all this stuff runs through the cross. It runs through Jesus. There's a type, and then there's a fulfillment of this type, the antitype, and it is the blessing of God in the believer's life. Remember, all nations of the earth will be blessed through you. Well, how? How does everyone get blessed through Him? They get blessed by faith. All right. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham before saying, In you... All the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. If I want to be blessed with believing Abraham, there's one contingency here. I just must be of faith. If I am of faith, I am blessed. Right? If I am not of faith, then I am, we could say, of works, of human effort, of performance, of the law, of trying to fulfill a massive list of requirements. If I do that, if I approach God and I approach my life that way, I am cursed. Okay? Still, both of these things are in existence today. The blessing, the cursing. If I will be of faith, I will enter into and live in and enjoy the blessing of God. But this is then one of the greatest temptations, and that is to do the opposite. Otherwise, this wouldn't even need to be written. Say, so, well, if the blessing of God is just like on us all the time in every way, and there's nothing we can do to stop that, why are we even talking about this? Here's the reality, because a lot of people are saying, I'm blessed, sure doesn't look like it. What? I'm blessed? I'm blessed like Abraham? I got all this good stuff? Why is my life so difficult? And this is where we have to switch gears and get back into faith. There are no cursed, blessed people. But if a person thinks they are, if they believe they are, if they think like a, a, a cursed person, then that's going to be their day-to-day reality. Okay? Is it possible? I, I, I made the statement, but I posed the question, is it possible for a blessed person to think and believe like a cursed person? And that's the problem. And that's the issue. That's the only thing that undermines or blocks this blessing from being a day-to-day manifestation in people's lives. Okay? When, when a blessed person thinks like a cursed person, it leads to behaviors and beliefs that are contrary to the, be- to the blessed life. Now, now here's, how the, here's how belief works. Belief works this way. You are doing stuff today as a result of what you believe. Well, I think we deceive ourselves when we, when we think and we act like, well, I believe this but I'm going to do this, and they're, they're separated. All right. Whenever uh, something comes your way, something that is negative of nature, something what pain strikes your body, how you respond to that is based upon what you believe. All right. 
And, and where we miss it sometimes is we just we just focus on fixing the behavior. Well, I just need to act different. I just need to do different. Well, no, you need to believe something different. When you believe something different, your action flows out of that belief. And it's always a manifestation of what you believe. So, working on our thinking, working on our believing, inherently fixes a whole bunch of problems. Why? If I think like a blessed person, or I think like a cursed person, I'm going to end up acting out and manifesting behaviors that run contrary or in concurrent with the blessing of God. Everybody with me today? Who's blessed with faithful, faithful Abraham? Those who are of faith. Faith in what? Faith in the finished work of the cross. Faith that Jesus took every sin and every curse and every evil thing upon himself and absolutely satisfied the justice system of heaven. And when he was raised from the dead and when I was born again, I I stepped into the blessing of God. There's nothing else I can add to it. There's nothing I can take away from it. It is just absolutely satisfied and settled in heaven forever. It's a done deal. My belief in that... And now I just relate to God. Now I'm just going to act like a child of God and think like a child of God. I'm going to go to work like it's going to work. You know, I mean like the, like the blessing of God's going to be on it. I'm going to live my life like, a, like my body is going to be healthy. I'm going to live my life like my relationships are blessed of God, that He directs my steps and orders. I'm just going to think and act like everything's good. See, that's thinking like a blessed person. I'm going to think like, I'm going to expect stuff to work. Instead of the ways of this world, you know, oh, you know, stuff happens to everybody. Does? I don't think that about myself. Say, well, what if something unexpected happens negative in your life? That's where we find out what we believe again. Because then it goes back to this. My response to that shows whether I'm of faith or of me. If I'm of me, pull out my hair. Ah, why? Try to figure this out. Do all kinds of stuff to fix it. If I'm of faith, I'm responding anyway and saying, But thank you, Lord. You're about to turn this situation around. Oh, your blessing is already on me. It's on my life. It's in my business. It's on my finances. It's in my... Your blessing is there. So thank you, Lord. You're leading me out. You're showing me a way. Different response based upon a belief that Jesus already took care of it. I don't know if I'm, get, if I'm being cl- clear enough and plain enough. But we should stop living and, and trying to get God to bless us. Don't try to get God to bless you. Say, thank you, Lord. I'm blessed with faithful Abraham. I'm blessed because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. It's inherent. I can't even do anything to, 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 to keep it away. Hallelujah. We think like Him. We live like He's on our side. Look at verse 13. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Where? In Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. 
If we believe this, it causes us to be bold. It causes us to live confident. It'll, it'll cause us to be generous. It'll cause us to live secure. It'll change our approach to life. But if we don't believe this, we're in fear. And we're trying to make it happen ourselves. We're trying to figure out a way to, 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 to work the system and, and, and make things happen. We're in faith in the blessing of God that is already existing in our lives. We're just kind of, we're, we're at rest. We're at peace. Something opposes us. Thank you, Lord. I pray for my enemy who opposes me. I pray for anyone who comes against me because I know it's not going to go well for them. I'm praying for mercy for their life. But thank you, Lord, I continue to be blessed. No matter what anyone says to me, says about me, does, gets in my way about, I'm continually going to be blessed. And watch this. The blessing of God does not change in your life based upon what happens to you. If someone wakes up uh, and they've got a, a sim- symptoms and problems in their body, does that mean you're cursed now? And no, and don't say it. See, well, what, how do I respond to that? But thank you, Lord, your blessing is in my body. I respond. See, the blessing is not fluctuating from day to day. I don't even need to focus on what the blessing causes. I focus on the reality of His presence and that blessing in my life. Okay? Someone said, what if I lose, what if I lost my job? You should respond to that job. If you believe right, you'll say, but thank you, Lord, I'm still blessed. The, the job wasn't the blessing. The job was a manifestation of the blessing if it was a good job. The blessing still exists in you. Why? Because you're in Christ. Because you believe He did it all for you on the cross. He was raised from the dead. And it's an established, permanent fact in your existence. God's blessing is just on you. You're just going to have ideas this week that just wouldn't come naturally to people because God's blessing is on you. You're going to have solutions. You're going to, ha- you're going to see answers to things that others struggle with. And you're just going to know stuff. And people are going to ask you, how do you do that so easily? How, how, how does this work? You say, well, God's blessing's on my life. We're not taking credit for it. It just is. All we're doing is cooperating with it. We get up every day and think like a blessed person. We go to bed, think like a blessed person. Hallelujah. But just because some, something unexpected, we've all had unexpected negative things happen in our lives. We need to have a right response to that. And what is that response? Oh, but thank you, Lord. Your blessing is on my life. So things will turn around. I may not be able to figure it out right now and understand all the answers, but I know your blessing is on me. I am your child. I've been bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus has been shed for me, and I'm a part of your family. I'm a part of your plan. You've got a forever plan for my life. goes on into eternity, so I'm not going to fuss and worry and pull out my hair, and I'm not going to have all these kind of things going in my life. I'm going to trust in your blessing that is constantly at work in me to cause success. Yeah. Hallelujah. I like Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Remember, the spiritual blessings manifest in tangible ways. But He has, past tense, in Christ, already blessed every single child of His. And so if I believe that, hallelujah, it works. If I don't believe that, man, I get into a place where I'm going to start trying to force things. I've got to try to make things happen. And I'm going to do things outside of the Spirit's leading. When you're in the blessing, when you're living in that rest, you can wait and God will direct you. 
He'll give you the answer. He'll show you what to do. He'll guide your steps. When you get in the flesh, outside of faith, you're no longer blessed with faithful Abraham. I mean, you are positionally, but it's not working out in your life. Then you, then you start to, to get in the flesh and, and make things difficult. Amen? Amen. Say it with me. Say, I am blessed. So blessed with Abraham. Because of Jesus, I am blessed. Not cursed, but blessed. Hallelujah.